Let's bring in our next guest from Baseball America. J.J. Cooper is back on Foul Territory. J.J., good to see you. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're good. Fired up. You, you know, let me get your, your hey, quick I mean, take here. You know, if we get to see playoff Randy during the regular season, is that ever a bad thing? I mean, it makes the game more enjoyable when Randy Rosarena is fired up and doing Randy Rosarena things. I think the Rays probably sat him down and said, do all of that from the WBC <laughs> all year long, and you will feel better and more motivated because he's in character. That's what he likes to do. So it makes the games feel bigger when he's doing that, and that's why he plays well. So I'm all about it. Before we dive another, into Hold on, another what? Cardinals guy. You talked about Sean Murphy. He was a Cardinal. Al- Sandy Alcantara, Cardinal, traded him away. Maybe that's why they were a little skeptical. To, sorry, JJ. A little uh, skeptical to right. make another move for Sean Murphy because they traded a Rosarena, right? They traded Sandy Alcantara. They've turned out to be pretty good. There's a, there's Zach a list of guys. Zach, that, Zach Gallon's another Oof. one. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that Gallon and Alcantara, if I remember right, were in the same trade. Yes. For Marcelo Zuna. That's a hell of a haul. I know Gallon ended up moving across to Arizona for Chisholm, but holy shit, Alcantara and Gallon? You got two ones in that trade. So How good I, would they look in the Cardinals rotation? Oh, my gosh. They need an Alcantara and a Gallon, both, actually. <laughs> so before we dive into all that, I just wanted to get your take on what you've seen from St. Louis as an organization and your reaction to that news about Wilson Contreras. Is there the next great catcher coming up for the Cardinals that's going to steal the show for the next five years and let Wilson just Mm. hang out as a DH? Well, probably not. And uh, so let me ask with this, and and AJ probably has better understanding than you, but couldn't have done the same thing by simply saying that we're bringing up Barrera so that on the days Contreras DHs, we still will have a backup catcher and scale it back where all of a sudden, without making any kind of announcement, you could say, okay, Kinsers ends up catching three, four, five days a week. Contreras catches one or two. And it wouldn't become the kind of the story of the week in St. Louis. And you kind of do the same thing because now it, it does look pretty bleak when you're saying, a month in that your catcher of the next five years isn't going to be your catcher anymore. That's it, it's kind of hard to see how that plays out now. JJ, you missed earlier. We went off on this for like 20 minutes and <laughs> 40, my whole thing was 40. exactly what you well, 40. Sorry. <laughs> we could have gone for two hours, but it's exactly what you just said. I said, they could have said, all they had to say was he's got a sore hamstring. He's not going to catch for two or three or four days, whatever it is, call up Barrera, have Kinzer catch, Kinzer catch. Fine. But then walk him through what he needs to do instead of making this a public thing where they say, you're not catching anymore because this, is this, this. Say, hey, this is what we need you to do more of. Boom, boom. And then slowly work him back and just say, oh, he's got a sore hip or he's got a sore hamstring or whatever. Make You can make – trust me, they can make stuff up, as you know. So there's a less public way they could have done this. Instead, it seems like everything right now with the Cardinals is out in the open and just not the way Cardinal – way as they call it the the other thing i would just say with all this though is this it does show again how valuable a great catcher is because it's not just yadi Molina and the cardinals i mean look at the giants basically since the moment that buster posey retired it's when you have that kind of hall of fame caliber catcher behind the plate it's (laughs) you're gonna notice it it's really hard to figure out a way to not notice it 
when that guy retires or that guy leaves in trade free agency or whatever it is. You just seem to see it. Veritech with the Red Sox, they had some trouble. Like you see it time and time again. That's such a valuable position and so hard to replace. Przinsky with the White Sox? I mean, wait, what? Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> uh, of course. So let's get to your list because there's a fresh list out there right now. The new top 100 prospects update today at baseballamerica.com still has a number one of Jackson Churia, Brewers outfielder, Brewers center fielder, who isn't having a great start to the season. He's been okay. But the thing that's tough about this is, is he's in the Southern League, which you might go, well, why does the Southern League matter? But that's the one league in the minors where Major League Baseball is experimenting with a sticky baseball, a pre-tax sticky baseball that's well, I don't think it's ever going to go to the majors the way it's working, but basically has turned almost every pitcher in that league into imagine like if you had spider tack and, you know, plus like guys are now like everyone's fastball is better. Everyone's fastball is moving at a, oh, I've slathered my hands and stick them kind of a uh, rate. And so Trey has been okay, but he is striking out a lot, but everyone in that league striking out a lot because they're facing a, a, a different baseball. When is Churio coming up? I don't care that he's not playing that well, because he, he'll come up to the bigs, and at least for the most part, most guys aren't using heavy spider tack or the uh, baseball that they botch down there for now. I, I, I do think it's possible by the end of the year. You know, we do have to remember he is a teenager still, and so while it happens, like, if he got up at the end of the year, that would be kind of an Andrew Jones speed, which I have to kind of go back. Juan Soto's like there, there aren't many guys who even we talk about Zach Neto, Zach Neto is a college guy, like getting up to the majors in any way before you turn 20 is a, is a pretty significant uh, step. And I think that's possible trio, but I do think, I think he's going to have a while in double a, and I do think there probably will be a triple a step in between before he goes to the majors. And we saw a big bump into the top 10 for Jackson holiday. I mean, no surprise there, of course. You want to make sure it is what it is in the minor leagues, but this is the number one overall pick from last year. So it's not like you guys sat down and said, oh, Jackson Holiday is not going to crack the top 10. You knew this was coming at some point, right? We, we thought so. But at the same time, I mean, one thing to watch is if you look at the top high school bats from last year's you know draft class, Drew Jones was the, the next guy. Well, he's struggling. Elijah Green is struggling. There is a reminder that that jump from high school to pro ball is a tough one. Well, if your name's not Jackson Holiday, Jackson Holiday's case, they sent him to low A and less than a month of time in low A, they looked at him and said, what is he doing here? He's too good for this league and bumped him up to high A. It's an accomplishment. I don't care where you were, you know, number one, number five, number 10, 20th pick in the draft. A high school guy gets to high A in his first full year. That's a good year. A high school guy who gets to double A in his first year, year it is pretty remarkable. And right now, the way Jackson Holiday's hitting in, in high South Atlantic League, it, it seems like it would be kind of crazy to think he doesn't get to double A at some point this year, which, by the way, I mean, just adding more to the riches, the Orioles are already looking like they that last year was not a fluke, but they're doing that. Gunnar Henderson hasn't hit so far. I still think he will, but they have – pretty insane depth as far as infield depth. They have a, a logical guy who could step in. If they had an injury at any spot in the infield, 
that you could say, okay, Connor Norby at second base. Okay, Jory Ortiz could be their shortstop. Okay, Jordan Westberg at third base. If first base, I think they'd probably say maybe Santander moves there and they could bring up Colton Kowser. That AAA Norfolk team is, is really stacked. The Orioles, at least when it comes to bats, have a ton of guys right there. Heston Kierstead also moved back into our top 100. He's uh, another guy. He's in double-A. This is an Orioles team that that looks good now, but it should get just better and better over the next couple of years. The, the Brewers have the number one prospect, as we mentioned. What team – do the Brewers have the best farm system? What team has the best farm system? I guess the Orioles maybe? I, mean, I would say the Orioles say right now. they have the best farm system? They rank them. Oh, they do? Yes. Yeah. We say, I yeah, we get say, into the – there was a paywall, so I apologize. Oh, yes, I, there is a paywall. But, uh, but, yeah, we, we have the uh, – He was we'll, supposed we'll to give me a login last time. He hasn't yeah. done it yet. No, we yeah, got but okay. uh, but yeah, no. The Orioles are our preseason, and I don't think that's changed, especially with what Jackson Holiday's done. The thing to watch for now, we're not saying this is going to happen, but it could. So our number one prospect coming into the year was Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. Our number one prospect last year was Adley Rushman of the Orioles. It could be Jackson Holiday, Churio versus Holiday. I mean, fun battle this year. But if it's number one Jackson Holiday coming into next year, that's unprecedented. Like you do not see a team pump out. Three now picking at the top of the draft sure helps in the case of Adley and, and Holiday, but you don't see a team pumping out three straight number one prospects. It's it's not we've been doing top hundred since nineteen ninety. It's never happened. Oh, we had Bryce and 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 Strasburg. Yeah, but uh, again, that's that's two. That's two. You know, yeah. Now it was not there was not a number three. The next best one would have been Rendon at that era, but you know he was never number one. I, I kind of hate it just because. The Orioles suck for so long, so you're still saying, hey, if you suck for a long time and you uber tank, look at what you can get. Just well, give your fans misery for six years. I mean, that was the other thing is they didn't do anything this offseason. Like, imagine if they did something, how good they could look, especially on the pitching side. That's where I would say the key test now for the Orioles is what happens in June and July, right? They should be. They they need to be. They they have to be a team that goes out there and fixes problems. They have plenty of trade ammunition. They have surpluses at positions where you're like, okay, they have more middle infielders than they're going to be able to play. So if there's a starting pitcher, if there's another relief, their pen's not deep, but it has really good guys in Batista. Obviously, uh, Yanner Cano has been great so far this year, but they can bulk up the bullpen. If there's a position that they have an injury that they need some help, you know, as far as a bat, a veteran bat or something like that, DH hasn't been great for them so far. They should go out there and get some help because they're spending nothing on this team right now. They have the trade ammunition to do so. And it's time. It's time for them. This is a team that clearly, if you watch what they did, that Braves series was a fun series between two teams that both look like they should be around in October. But Baltimore needs to do Obviously, if you're not, if you're a Braves fan, you have no concern that Alex Anthopoulos is going to, you know, whether he's going to make the moves to help the team be better uh, in the second half of the year. They do it every year. Now it's time for Baltimore to start doing that as well. Nice. Well, quick question, quick question. Um, mm -hmm. AJ, I don't know if you were ever in any, any of those prospect books. Or no, not. I, nope. I don't think I was. JJ hated me. <laughs> he said <they> no. Hated me. <laughs> So, you know, quick question from me is, you know, yeah. are there any like diamonds in the rough that we haven't heard about that could possibly possibly make a big jump and and, you know, get to the big leagues that um, we'll see later in the future? 
So, okay, if we're looking at later this year, I mean, the thing that's been notable already is, like, I would have said Mason Miller, but then the A's went after one start in double A and one start in triple A in less than 50 innings in the minors, and, and Mason Miller immediately became their best starting pitcher, which credit, kudos to Mason Miller. Um, I, I would say that there are a couple of guys that we've really just moved up who I think, like, Junior Caminero, who's a guy that the Rays picked up in, a, uh, in, the, in the Nate Lowe trade a couple of years ago, this is what the Rays do. They kind of now. I think the Rangers are very happy with that trade. Obviously, you look at what Nathaniel has done for them. But but they got Junior Caminero, who was far, far, far away at the time. He's still in Class A, but he's having an incredible year so far. He's went to High A this year after basically less than a month of Low A time last year. Started the year in the complex. Now I think it's kind of you're kind of checking the calendar and wondering when he goes to Double A and. This guy who has 30, 35 home run potential, if it all clicks, that's a guy who, again, you know, if you're if you're not a diehard prospect follower, he was on our uh, Rays top 30 a couple of years ago, but now he's easily a top 10. Now he's a top 100 prospect, and I would expect him to move very much up that uh, that list for that Rays list. And speaking of Rays, another guy who's been in our 100, but it's still a kind of guy who came out of nowhere. Cal Manzardo was uh, at Washington State the 2020 kind of the COVID year and he really hit, but it was what four weeks. And so he didn't really go that high in the draft, but all he's done ever since the race drafted him is he's hit everywhere. He's gone as the first baseman. He's now in triple a, uh, I checked it. I, I'm not looking this up, but I did check this today. So that's why I have it on top of my head. 599 slugging percentage for his career in the minor league so far, having moved really pretty quickly, uh, 320 or so batting average gets on base. That's the guy who, the race still, you know, as good as this race team is, those are a couple of guys who could make them even better later in the year. Obviously, we've already seen that Taj Bradley's another guy who could help him out. And oh yeah, by the way, Tyler Glasnow's in AAA right now, working his way back, which is a good sign for a race rotation that has had a couple of injuries. I've got a Reds question for you. We'll do one fan okay. question today, JJ from Daboons. Talk about the Reds not calling up. Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion Strand, absolutely no reason, and Matt McLean. And then later added, Reds do not have a first baseman playing musical chairs over there. No reason Encarnacion Strand shouldn't be up. Your thoughts? If it's if we're talking, if, if we got this question a month from now, I completely understand it. But Encarnacion Strand just came off the IL. He's been off the IL, I now think, for eight games. I think he also has six home runs or so in that eight games. So he just came off the IL. And do remember, he was a third baseman before this year. They moved him to first base. Smart move for him. Great arm, but not a whole lot of range there. Now he becomes the logical Joey Votto replacement uh, at first base, you know, when as Joey obviously doesn't have that many years left in his career. Um, I, I would expect the way that Encarnacion Strand is hitting, that it's not that far away. But you do want to get him. He missed some time in spring training, missed the first couple of weeks of the season. If I remember correctly, I think it was an oblique injury, but that's off the top of my head, so I might be off on that. But so he did miss some time. Ellie De La Cruz also missed time. So in his in Ellie's case also, this is a guy who done, you know, it's it's fine to give these guys a little time to get comfortable in triple A before you bring them up. I, Matt McClain is another one who's having a great start. The only thing I want to see with Matt McClain, he had a great start to last season. Uh, his April last year was great, and then he really wore down as the season went along. His arm backed up, his power backed up. Want to see if he can sustain it over the course of the year. But there was even one more you could mention. This is good news, I guess, for the for the Reds. 
Andrew Abbott is another guy to bring up in there. Started the year at Double A, which was kind of a conservative assignment because he spent most of last year at Double A. Absolutely lit up Double A, but there was the question we talked about the Southern League baseballs. They're a little different. He's gone to Triple A and he's been really solid in Triple A as well. The Reds have a great front of the rotation. They don't have a back of the rotation right now. Andrew Abbott looks like he would fit nicely as the number four, number five starter for a team that does have Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft at the top of that rotation. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Well, well said. Yeah. They've got a good system. At some, though. That's at some what point, though, they got to call these guys up and give them a shot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is what, if you're a Reds fan, that's what's going to make the year fun, right? Like, exactly. You're not, I mean, the, the NL Central is wide open for the taking, but I don't think the Reds are going to take it, even if it's wide open for the taking. But that said, if you're a Reds fan and you're watching, Ellie De La Cruz does about one thing a day that you go, I can't believe I just saw that. Like, the best example I can give of, I know he's hurt right now, but like what O'Neill Cruz did for the Pirates as far as jaw-dropping plays, Ellie De La Cruz does that. He's incredibly fast. He has one of the best infield arms in baseball. He can make absurd plays because he's a 6'6 shortstop. Oh, yeah, by the way, he can hit the ball 460, 470 feet. He's a switch hitter. There is so much that he can do that it, that's what's going to make it enjoyable to watch the Reds later this summer. But I also get it. He was injured to start the year and basically doesn't have really much upper-level minor league time and still strikes out a lot. So there is a little bit of that balance of development or is AAA still not enough of a challenge for him where he's going to have to learn those lessons about chasing a little bit out of the zone in the majors because he's too good at the minors for for minor league pitchers to be able to to teach him that lesson. Luke said Caminero was from Cleveland for Tobias Myers. JJ thinking. Yeah, you're Sabe. right. I'm sorry. That's that is right. I got that one wrong. It's a Selvis Masabe who was the Rays. Uh, I believe Jeez. the uh, Rangers one. So and Herbert Hernandez. Oh my God. No, I, I apologize. I will bad. now resign in disgrace. You know, but no, I was that's right. Thank no, you. Good Tobias Myers who was then dropped from the 40 man roster soon after. So that's a very good trade for the race. JJ, do you just sit around and you're, you're the happiest guy in the world now that on MLB.com, the, the, you can watch minor league games. So do you just have a screen with like 200 games going on <laughs> at all times. So you can watch all these guys and know what, if they're hitting homers or what? So, I, I I should have at least five of them right around me, but I just have all these tablets that I set up on my desk with the, no, I'm trying to watch. I, I do love big inning for MLB because that allows me to keep track of all MLB on one screen and then just have like five or six good minor league matchups on any night. And then the great thing nowadays, I mean, this is something I've been at BA for 20 years. Synergy now allows me to go back and watch, you know, if I want to see, Every home run that a you know that a dude's hitting double A triple A, I can just dial up that player and say okay. Or wait, let me see every we do this for the draft, right? Like okay, I want to see every uh, slider that Dylan Cruz has faced this year, and you can get that kind of you could in a minute see something that may have taken you you know a month to gather uh, ten years ago. Speaking of Dylan Cruz, LSU's not number one anymore. I know. Like, uh, wh- what happened? Because they were. Far and away, everybody's – they're going to win the College World Series going away. Like, they're going to be the best team ever. They have Tommy White, Dylan Cruz, uh, Skeen, the pitcher. They got all these guys. Mm-hmm. What happened? Okay, two things. One, I think this might be good for them because we've never had a coast-to-coast. We've never had a team start the season number one, go the whole season number one, and win it all. In fact, every team that's come close to it hasn't won in Omaha. So – 
having a little bit of a reset if you're LSU may not be a bad thing. The SEC is really good. Like that's one thing also with this. But if you said what's a concern with, with LSU, we came into your thinking that their pitching, their starting pitching was so deep compared to most everyone else there. But but they've really Paul Skeens is incredible, but they they don't have that same depth of the pitching that we thought they were going to have. Had had a couple of injuries this year. Um, but also credit to Wake Forest, our new number one. They've just also have a team that's gone out and done it week after week after week. Wake Forest, they have a pitching lab that's the envy of a lot of uh, MLB teams. There's been a lot of years where it's like, wow, Wake seems like they have the pieces to get it done, and it's never all come together. Well, this year, to their credit, they've got a great pitching staff, I mean, a lot of guys with really good arms, but they've also got a, a pretty solid lineup as well. The great thing about this is, is that we saw it last year with Tennessee. Tennessee last year during the regular season, that's as dominant a season, I believe, as I'll ever see. But it didn't matter come postseason. Baseball's baseball. The great thing about it is, is that even if you have a team that looks dominant, I mean, you, you never know. It, right right now, we know. Whoever the A's are playing this week, and I, don't, I haven't looked at their schedule this week, you know they got a chance to win a game, even though they're obviously probably going to be way overmatched by whoever they face. Best name in baseball, Tommy Hawk. Guy in Wake Forest. That's his name. Their leadoff guy, a little lefty, Tommy Hawk. Tommy Hawk Chop. Tommy Hawk. That's his name. I don't know. He's like he's a little lefty, and he, Tommy Hawk. It's great. I don't know. I mean, again, a lot better than again. He's been great, but James Outman. I mean, I know they're trying to make that into a home run thing, but like, if you're a hitter and your name's Outman, that's just not. Easy. Well, Grant Balfour. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Balfour. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, our we were tweeting last night on the FT account and. When he when he did something uh, in extras, they said, "Tough out, man." That's how you take yeah. him to a. That's how you glass, try to make it. half full. Yeah. yeah, flip it. These dads. Bob Walk, obviously, also. If we go way back, Bob Walk. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, always, always awesome catching up. Wish we had more time. We'll do it again soon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, JJ Cooper from Baseball America, and you can catch. That new top 100, baseballamerica.com. They do great stuff there. A quick shout out before we bring in our star guest, Andre Semenes from The Guardians. Currently on Chartable, the number two baseball podcast is? I don't know. Yes, you do. It's right here. <laughs> Wait. Oh, Foul Territory. Foul Territory. Hmm. Let's awesome. go, baby. Let's go. So we appreciate well, all of you. Thank you, yes. And watching, also, listening. thanks to our, all of our guests, including Thank Andre you to Semenes. our guests for being a part of this. So. Just wanted to say a thank you right now um, because we haven't been around for a long time. So it's Gosh, been it feels a like we've been around forever. Great rise. No, it hasn't. Those <laughs> other shows we're around have been around I'm for like kidding. years. <laughs> True. And, and we're two months into this thing. So people are there. They're supportive. And we also like to answer anything you throw at us. And there are no questions we won't touch. So let's get into it right now with our first guest. Andre Jimenez from the Cleveland Guardians joins us after actually a big weekend for Cleveland. Andres, how are you today, and how big was this weekend for Cleveland? You open up the series with a loss, and then you take the next two from the division rival, the Twins, who look very good this year. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, it was really important uh, to bounce back, uh, especially against the Twins, the we are, we're going to be in the fight for, for the division, and it was really important. Uh, the pitching stuff was great this weekend, and hopefully they're going to keep it in the same way. Andres, 
Do you hate the Twins? Like, is there a <laughs> bitter rivalry? And you can say whatever you want now, and I'll say this. You are signed with Cleveland basically for life. And just like Vladdy Jr. said with the Blue Jays, oh, I don't like the Yankees. I'd never sign with them. Like, you, Do you genuinely yeah. dislike your rivals and you look at them and you're like, I want to beat you down and sweep you in this series? Uh, not really. Uh, I don't hate them. Uh, I feel like the same way the whole, you know, the whole season, especially, you know, us being really competitive. Uh, but I don't, I don't hate anything. I just try to be there, uh, try to be co- uh, consistent and, you know, competitive at the same time. And I think this, the, the team feel the same way. So we, I, I don't, I don't think we hate any, anything. That's a lie. It's okay. It's okay. I, I used to hate teams. I used to hate Locaine when I played against them. It's okay. Here we are. Man, it's all right. I mean, I, listen, I came up as a twin. I hated the White Sox. And guess where I ended up playing them? It's the White Sox. You just never know. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, you hate ne- who you play yeah. against. We never know. But the so, Twins got me a, a, little, a lot hit by pitches last, last year. Oh, see? There now. Yeah. Huh? But I don't, I don't hate him. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you go to the same barber as Scott? Because your hair... Your payload is very nice. nice. Like Scott's. Looks good. I don't know if you you guys go to the same barber. I don't think we go to the same barber. Okay. Okay, because Scott's jealous. Anyone that has higher hair than him, Scott cannot handle the fact that I'm right here next to him. I speak for myself. I'm not jealous at all. But I do love Andres, and I do love that hair. I know. Exactly. What was the outlook? Yeah, we need something fresh for this week. Okay. Yes. I like it. Always fresh cuts. You guys have a barber in Cleveland? Yeah, uh, we have a great barber here, uh, so he speaks Spanish and English, so that's very easy for me. Okay. okay. Bilingual barber is a must, by the way. It's every team has that now. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, but see, like, for me to go get my hair cut, I would have to wait because he would come in and all the, the Spanish, the Latino guys would go in first because they always had, like, their appointment, and I'd be like, well, I kind of need a haircut. You would just walk in? Yeah, but I was always had to wait like ten people. Well, you have to make an appointment. Yeah, I know. Do you make an but, appointment, Andres, when when you want to yeah, get Yeah, for a sure. Cut? This guy, this guy is busy, so he he, he sends the list and the days that he's gonna be here. So you have to select your time. So he's really busy, especially from both sides. You know, visiting team and home team, they always go go there. So he's busy. And imagine if you walked in and Pierzynski's sitting in the chair, and like let's say you schedule a one twenty p.m. And all of a sudden, AJ sitting in the seat. Wouldn't you be pissed? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, then you have to wait. The You're too nice. You're I'd be like, nice. hey, Andres, be like, AJ, I had a 120. Get out. I gotta go do warm up. <laughs> no, I think I think Gio, that, that's the name of the barber. He does a really good job with the time. So he's the latest that he can be is just five, five or ten minutes, and then he got you really quick. I like my hair was like very complicated. No, no, I understand. Yeah, five or ten minutes, like low cane hair. He's like, quick buzz, quick buzz, you know. <laughs> Andres, I do have an honest, a serious question though about the Guardians in, in your start. The offense has kind of been, yeah, pitching's been good like we expect. What do you guys? Is it warmer weather? You think that'll turn this offense around? Because you guys hit last year. Is it the warmer weather yep. you're waiting for, or what's the what's the feeling in that clubhouse? Uh, obviously, uh, the weather has been, an, um, you know, a point. Uh, we've been, you know, playing with some weird weather, but that's no excuse. Uh, I mean, we, we've been having good at bees. Uh, we, 
been trying to put the ball on play, but last weekend was was great uh, as a team. Uh, we put the ball in play and we, we hit with a runner scoring position. That thing, that's the, the only thing that we've been missing on um, the last month, but, you know, looking forward and see what happens. Hopefully the team turn around. Yes, I got a quick question, quick question for you. So, you know, I uh, I dislike, you know, as um, AJ would say, you know, hate. I try not to use that word, but, hey, I disliked the Tigers when I was coming up. You know, they had Berlander <laughs> and, and Price and Scherzer, all those guys, Doug Fister. You know, that was a definitely a tough rotation to face. Um, in your division, do you feel like there's um, a, a rotation that you least like? Or do you feel like you, you swing it pretty well against all those guys or every other team in the division? That I dislike or yes. they got me out? Is, is there a tough rotation out there for you? In your oh, division? yeah, tough rotation for sure. Uh, the Twins, you know, this this uh, division is really competitive. Uh, too many good arms in here, a lot of below. But I think the Twins has, you know, a great, great rotation. Uh, you know, Sonny Gray is throwing really good. Uh, Pablo Lopez is you know, it's really good. Uh, Ryan is doing great. So I think the, the Twins, they have a really good rotation. And the bullpen is, is nasty too. They have the closer, they have Lopez, and they had a good lefty there. Wow. The Twins, huh? You guys beat Sonny Gray. You guys beat their best. Yeah, we got Luke, I guess. You got lucky. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys beat him. <laughs> no. You're too you guys, nice, Andres. You guys you guys are the only team that have hit him all year. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, AJ. You know how that goes. Or both. You need both. <laughs> you guys are not lucky, okay? Because lucky would be like anyone can step up and get a knockoff, Sonny, and 99.999% of the world can't touch any of his stuff. So there, there's not luck to it there. Andres, since, you know, last time we spoke, you signed the contract extension, and it was like days after that. Have you been able to do any kind of celebration or, or dinner or anything nice since then, or you have zero yeah, time? Uh, you got a day off once, or two since? Yeah, yeah. Once we get uh, from the road trip, that road trip on Oakland and Seattle, uh, my whole family come here to Cleveland, and we, we did like a family dinner. So that's special moments, and we celebrate uh, together as a family. What was? Did someone do a toast? Did you do it? Did someone else do it? And what did you say? No, especially uh, the first one who saw was my mom. You know, really proud or everything was happening. And yeah, it was basically my mom who started everything. And then uh, it was me and my wife and the whole family say something. And at the end, you know, start to eat and just enjoy and a little party there. Where did you go? Oh, no, we basically... We, we we did it at home. Uh, what was, did you was, cook? Wait, who cooked? No, no, no. It wasn't special because it was my mom and my wife who who made the food. Uh, but it's a special food, so that 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 made it uh, a little more special. Uh, I was gonna say you got enough money now. You can hire somebody <laughs> to cook for you. You can go there. <laughs> no, no. You know. they, they take care of that. <laughs> did, did did was there yeah, tears? They, was there tears? I mean, obviously, everybody yeah, was happy. Obviously, like obviously tears of happy. joy. Yeah, tears of joy. That's the word. Yeah, obviously, my mom, my mom started talking, and she started to cry, and from there, everyone was crying. 
Was your mom, is your mom kind of the, your whole life, obviously our mothers are special to everyone in their own ways. Your mom, my mom was there for me all the time. Your mom was there for you. What has your mom meant to your career since Mother's Day is, don't forget, Mother's Day is Sunday. Yeah, it means a lot, man. Uh, She's right now here in Cleveland, uh, you know, supporting us, helping us with with the baby and helping at home. Uh, It means a lot, man. It means everything, Um, all the effort that she put. Uh, you know, my life as a kid and all the efforts that, you know, she made for, you know, have a good, good education, uh, you know, all the sacrifice that we did. Uh, we didn't grow up with, with, with much, but, you know, with a lot of education and, you know, all that kind of stuff just, just helped me and I appreciate it. Um, Andres. Oh, go ahead, Lo. Oh, yeah. One quick question. Is, is there anybody you kind of looked up to role model your game after or you know I when I was a kid I took as a role model or looked up to oh yeah basically I have a older cousin and that was basically you know the example that I had clear at home because it was just me my mom and my cousin and you know as a life was that was him and my, my grandma who was really really tough on everything and from there, you know, start and uh, playing baseball. I think, you know, Omar Biscay was one of the guys that that I look at, and you know, all the big names in Venezuela. And now I have the opportunity to play with them in the in the WBC and make it made it a little more special. Hey, hold on! Before we Omar Biscay, I got to play with Omar Biscay. It's going to sound really odd. He had some of the greatest clothes of all time. He's a good dresser. Good, good is relative well, speaking. Style is opinion. Exactly. So, so but he he had like uh, he he had some interesting things. He also owns a kangaroo in his house, which is pretty awesome. No way. Yes. So, have you mm-hmm. met Omar Vizquel, Andres? Yeah, I did it uh, on on the WBC for first time. We were we were talking on the social media, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe I have the opportunity to meet him met him and it was in the WBC that I met him and there is a, a video I have a video when I saw him it was like oh man this is a marvelous girl <laughs> I was really surprised surprised about it yeah he was he was awesome yeah hey Andres I've been excited to ask you about this what did you think of Wander Franco with a little fancy flip on a routine <laughs> ground ball making the Traditional, I don't want to say boring, but routine play, a bit more exciting. And suddenly everyone was talking about it the next day. When, when you saw it, do you think, as a fan of the game, it's cool? Would you ever try it yourself? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I've been doing it, but I do it in practice. Um, but it was fun to watch, man. I like it. Uh, he was having fun on the field. You know, he made it the out, and he make it fun. I mean... I think he was, he was great doing it. Uh, it was fun to watch. I, I watched it, and I was like, oh, man. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Would you do it in a game? Would you do if it I in a game? If I do it, I don't know. I, in, the, in the game, it's different. Maybe something happened. I didn't. I, 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 the, the play that I made in the outside game, I just do it in the practice, and it happens in the outside game, you know? But... Uh, yeah, if I have the opportunity and the confidence is on, uh, at the highest level, I maybe do it. Why not? Okay. 
Now, if you drop it and the guy's safe, Tito says what, or Sandy, or who says what to you when you get in there? Who's the, who's the first I coach the Guardians that grabs you and says, <laughs> don't ever do that again? Oh, for sure, the infield coach. Mm-hmm. Mike Sarp is going to tell Yeah, he's going to tell <laughs> oh, me something for sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's going to tell me something for sure. But, you know, I have a little advantage, I think, because if I miss, if I miss it, I'm second base, so I'm closer. <laughs> right, you've got, you'll do it when you've got time. Right, you're you're gonna yeah, exactly. weigh out the clock that even if there's a little fumble, you can still recover and make yeah. the play. But I don't know. It makes it makes uh, fun to watch. Defense fun fun to watch. You know, sometimes we just catch the ball and throw out the guy. But yeah, you know, it was it was fun. I like it. See, I like that. I, I, li- I like. said the they answer. didn't like it. What no, about no, you I guys? Like the... You guys like oh. it or no? Yeah. See, we got other players on this, and and we haven't had Locane since that happened. So Lo, for example. When you saw it, did you like Ooh. it? <laughs> that was tough for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, no. That was tough for me to watch. <laughs> I said I liked it because he wasn't on my team. And I don't have to yeah. answer. I don't have to yeah, answer that if he drops it. Or he wasn't you ground. running. It, well, it was me running. He could have dropped it three times. That's <laughs> okay. I'm the guy, by the way, Andre. When I was running... I was the guy you could go like this and drop it and then drop it again, and you still have plenty of time for second base. So I was the guy you would do it on. Oh, my oh, God. That was awesome. Yeah, it was tough for me to watch. I'm not going to lie. It was tough for me to watch. You know, um, the game's changing, though. I'm out of the game. Everybody's having fun on the field. So, hey, he's out there having a blast. But, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't see my kids doing that. So, we'll, say, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I love it. Do you have any other fancy moves, Andres, that you've worked on or that you do work on in practice that you feel like, even if it's not in a game, because we don't want to freak these guys out, maybe it's in the, the next the next All-Star game, right, where you got something fancy prepared for us. I, I love it. As long, as long as you can pull it off, I love it. Yeah, I'm going to – I maybe have something more, but I'm going to keep it for surprise for you guys. Okay. <laughs> and maybe see it first, and then I explain to you guys. But um, the play that I made in the outside game, uh, I, I do I do it almost the last grumble that I took on the practice. But I never did it in the game. It just was in the outside game that it just happened. But if I have the chance to make another one, I'm gonna keep you guys on on the waiting. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you exactly what I'm doing. Why? Why in the all-star but game? But I maybe did have you decide to do it. Why? Huh? What made you say in the all-star game? I'm gonna try this. <laughs> because it was fun. I was having fun in there and just a special moment, like anything counts there, You're just having fun. And you know, it works. But if it, mean, if it wouldn't, it wouldn't work, there's no chance that I try another, another time. Yeah, well, behind the back's pretty good. Behind the back For people that sick. don't know, he, he turned exactly a double play the conversation. behind the back, yes. hit Tim Anderson perfectly. In stride. And Tim Anderson almost messed it up because he made a bad throw to first. <laughs> Thank God Vlad caught it, right? I think I think he didn't expect that. Oh, okay. You got to warn your shortstop. Sure, yeah. Did, did, huh? did Tim say something to you afterward? Was he like, oh, damn, I was not expecting that. Yeah, for sure. I think he, he didn't expect that throw. Did, did you tell but Rosario? Do you tell Rosario now, hey, dude, I could flow between my legs. I could go over my shoulder. I could go behind yeah, my Yeah, just be ready. Just be ready. Maybe they won't get to you quickly. <laughs> do, you, do you guys work on that? Because in, in BP, obviously, or I don't know if you guys do the yeah. ground balls before batting practice or during. Do you guys no, work not on really. that? Not really because, you know, 
um, as a second base. So I'm in the left side of the diamond or right side. So here we basically start, you know, two from the left side and two from the right side. So we don't have the opportunity to throw double plays together. So at the same time that he's throwing to first, I'm throwing to second. And when I'm throwing to first, he's throwing to second. So, Got it. Because I remember watching when just a long time back when the Guardians were the Indians. They had a guy named Roberto Alomar that played second base for him. Yeah. And he used to practice all that stuff. We'd go out and watch yeah, him. Yeah, he's him a and legend. It was him and Vizquel, yeah. and they'd be out there doing all kinds of crazy tricks with flips and put in, like put that. in a show in there. Oh, it was unbelievable! It was worth it was you know guys yeah. go out and watch home runs. It was worth going out watching Robbie and, and Omar turn double plays during batting. Yeah, practice. that's what I, that's what I hear. That hey, they, they were a show in the practice. Andres, we have a question from Jackson. He said, "How do you hit lefties so well?" I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't, it's not I, luck. <laughs> I feel I feel I just let the ball travel the most the most that I can, um, but I basically I like I like face the lefties. I don't know for some reason because there is so many things that I can do. You know, I can put the ball um, both ways. You know, the defense playing different with when I'm facing a lefty, so it's more like a challenge for me facing lefties. Do you get asked by? young kids, whether you see them in the stands or anywhere else or, or back in the home country, um, about their kind of tips on how they can make it or anything that really stuck out to you? And do you have a textbook answer or a quote that you like to use? No, I always try to keep in mind the, the same advice that, you know, some guys give me when I was a young kid, you know, just work hard, try to be patient and, you know, have trust in what you're doing, your abilities, and trust in God. So that was basically the advice that I can give to a kid who want to make it, you know, especially back home in Venezuela, uh, everything gets a little, you know, difficult, but they have to put the work in. And you got to tell uh, whoever's honking at you to leave you alone because you're Dude, on the they have the same territory. horn they've had in Cleveland for like 25 years. It's the same golf cart, the same horn. It's just one cart? Well, more than one, but they got that stupid horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I think they are the same one because they they little old. <laughs> See, they're the same damn. They're old. Yeah, they need to soup it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, hey, Andres, it was great talking to you. Great catching up. We always appreciate the time and enjoy this. Good luck the next few weeks, and we'll chat again then. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Andres. Thanks, Andres. Good stuff, guys. man. All right. Appreciate you. No Andres Menes from the Cleveland Guardians joining us. Good times. See, I like that. The Wander Franco play was something that Dude. got him excited. But first of all, nobody. I'm not calling you yeah, out. You kind of were. The, these, I'm, oh, they're I'm taking not, a whacker. I'm back. not calling. <laughs> I'm saying these guys are watching everything, right? They are fans of the game and they are seeing what their peers are doing. And it's easier than ever to do that because you don't have to just rely on like one channel or something. Everyone's on on their phones watching this and watching social accounts. So as soon as Wander makes that play, these guys get to the clubhouse after the game and they unwind by like scrolling through on their phone. And he sees Wander and he's like, hell yeah, I did some fancy shit at the All-Star game. He brought it up. That's cool. Mm -hmm.
Just don't do it on my team. <laughs> <laughs> or Locaine's team. Or, yeah. yeah, thank you, Lorenzo. Yeah, not thank on my team Lo. either. No, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't have said something. Would you have said something like if you were playing with Wander Franco? I would I would hope that the manager or the whoever the infield guy is would say something first. So I wouldn't have so I wouldn't be put in that situation. But like you said, as a as a player, if I do that and he's safe, man, I I couldn't live that down right there. That that would be a tough situation to be in. Well yes, you don't even have, yes, I would have. You would have said something. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. It okay. Wouldn't, it wouldn't even have to get to the we might not even have made it out of the inning if it wasn't the third out. I might have been out there and got some little rosin, talked to the mound, and been like, hey, mm-mm, mm-mm. we don't do that. Okay, let's quick role play. So you say, mm-mm, and I go, mm-mm, what? That was awesome. Yeah, I say, don't ever do it. But major league line, nice catch, don't ever do it again. If I ever fuck that up, mm-hmm. my bad. I will take you You're gonna go, my bad. on a 20 grand dinner. Okay. Okay. You good now? Well, I'm going to do it once every blue moon, maybe three times the whole year. I'm going to do something fancy because shit gets monotonous. We're the best team in baseball right now. I'm signed for a lot of money, so they're not touching me. They're not demoting me. They're not stupid enough to demote me from my position. Who would do that with a big money the Cardinals? Player? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so good point. enjoy the ride and the show. What if I said that back? Okay, well, just drop it next time so I get that 20 grand dick. (laughs) (laughs) And don't ever do it again. Exactly. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price, and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB. 